Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Warning, the following program is the officially sanctioned podcast where three friends talk about the show about four friends who compete to embarrass each other. Who compete to embarrass each other. Who compete to embarrass each other. Yeah, come on, get up, get in here. Come on, get inside, join us. Join us. Come on in. I made tea. Casey's got the tea. Sip it a little bit, and we're going to spill it right here on the official Impractical Jokers podcast. I wonder when people listen to this. I wonder if it's like, uh, you know, it's like have a beer and listen to the podcast. I wonder if it's like have have some coffee in the morning and listen to the podcast. I wonder if maybe you're not even having a beverage at all. I don't know why I'm so beverage specific. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, the time I listen to podcasts the most is when I'm going to bed. It's like I'll put it on mm-hmm. to like soothe me and go to sleep. Maybe people just go to sleep. I just yelled, come on in, come on in here, get up. Yeah, exactly. We're waking them up. And then, so they might only listen to the first half of this podcast before they, you know, go to uh, La La Land over there. So we got to get all the good stuff to them quickly. And this is a great episode. This episode, honestly, is I think my favorite of the season so far. Yeah, you said that right before we um, started rolling. You were like, this, this is the best. So this is authentic. James really has this opinion. It's not some, he's not just trying to say it because we're rolling. <laughs> no, not just putting it on. This one is great. I mean, this punishment is an all timer. This, I talked about it a few weeks ago, uh, like kind of queuing up one that we had that I was really excited about. This is it. The NASA yeah. punishment is an all timer. I agree. This is, it's also a weird episode because it, it's got a very long first bit mm-hmm. and then it's got a, a, the second challenge. Uh, D- Joe's not there. Yeah. Just, just unique. Very. And then the NASA pun. Were you at all these uh, shoots, Shay? I was at all of them. Yeah, as usual. As per I usual. I remember, yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember um, the note. I remember that note. day. Yeah, I remember that day. Me too. I was there too, actually. Yes. That was a good day. Yeah, I was I was glad I was there because Joe, you know, wanted to be, we'll, we'll jump into that. Let's talk about that first, actually. Yeah. Because that's really interesting that, you know, and I love how they did the intro. They were like, we're going to look a lot different because we shut down, like, basically the next shoot we had, we had to shut, shut down. down. Right. I think Joe was really sick. I wonder yeah. if he even had you know, like, uh, you know, symptoms or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I know like everyone was being a little cautious, but he was definitely sick. And this like rarely happens where we'll go ahead and film something without one of the guys. It has happened. I've been here since the end of season two mm-hmm. and it's maybe happened three times. I don't know. Something like that. I definitely remember like a time Q being sick. I remember a time Sal being sick. And I think usually in that situation, we would try to to just have like two of the guys go like almost like a Joker versus Joker. 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 And this time I think we were like, let's get all three. And then we'll like, do you want to know what the plan was? They were like, we'll come back here because we wanted to do like another like uh, challenge here. We'll do that challenge. And we'll also do just one of Joe's turns. And then we'll, we'll try to, you know, pick up like us talking to him or him asking us to do things, you know? Exactly. We're going to go back there. 
barring any unforeseen incidents, there's no problem with that. Plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as we don't have a novel coronavirus. Yeah, so that was our plan back in March of 2020, early March, 2020 to go back and film another one. Cause we can do so many other bits at that place. Like you can imagine them going up to people and saying, Hey, I'm writing an email. Can you help me with this thing here? <laughs> or like I love yeah. that location, all sorts of stuff. So we were like, so happy to have that location. And when we found out, like, Oh, we're definitely going to go back, you know, just rest up, feel better. Don't worry about it. Maybe we'll pick up your turn another day. It was a great location because they have like a, bar at the downstairs. And so like after the mm -hmm. shoot, I mean, it's just the crew starts having drinks and it was really interesting. Like I remember everyone speculating about what this like sickness was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And I remember like Pete McParlin, our showrunner being like, I have a feeling we're going to have to like shut down for two weeks, yeah. which is so funny. Like, I mean, just to think like he was like, we're going to shoot until we actually have to stop. And then at that point we'll make the decision. And then that's what happened. Like, like three days that's later, great. Yep. was the shoot that like, we were like, okay, guys, we're going to just stop for two weeks, see what happens, which is responsible too. Yeah, absolutely. That was right when the movie came out. Mm -hmm. So Gato was doing a lot of traveling, doing a lot of, um, in right. theater, um, appearances. And That's things. right. And I want to say he just came back from LA and they had just shut down the LAX airport. Wow. Like, yeah. I want to say maybe a couple of days after that, they shut down the airport. That's totally right. I forgot the movie was in theaters when this was all happening. Yeah. And the guys yeah. were, they did a promotional thing where they would each fly to a different city mm -hmm. and like go and watch the movie multiple times with fans, mm -hmm. like all across the country. Yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Really cool. I think that, you know, it was a traveling and, and, and everything. And mm -hmm. it could have been, I mean, it could have been just regular sickness too, but yeah. it's also, he could just, just could have been like worn down from all the travel. And then we had the cruise, then the movie premiere, and then the promo. Wasn't Joe also stuck in traffic? Like, was he going to come to set? And then he like turned around because it was like, a, a, I don't a, remember. A, maybe that was a different shoot. Check the traffic cam archives. That's true. <laughs> yeah, find yeah. Out. Well, let's yeah, jump in. Let, oh, sorry. We we're going to say James. No, my, I was just going to say it. it's funny. Like, Shay was just talking about their schedule of like, oh yeah, they were on the cruise and then they had the movie premiere and then they, yeah. like, the guys never have a normal schedule. I know. We're not shooting their running. Yeah. The, the big thing is like we shoot our show mostly, I would say like a, a Monday to Thursday kind of show because the guys tour the country and do their live show mm -hmm. Friday, Saturday, Friday. Sunday, all across the country, you know? So, and sometimes like overseas. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it is really nuts to think about their schedule. They are together nonstop. They, they really are. They're together like seven days a week. Like at one point I remember Gattel being like, I see these guys more than I see my family. <laughs> they're, they're like a, like a baseball team with no off season. They're just always together. You know, it's funny the shutdown, you know, the kind of uh, quarantine started, there was talks about doing like a, a dinner party thing. And there was a meeting where we got on a zoom and it was the first time they would seen each other in like mm -hmm. three weeks, which was like the longest they've probably ever gone without seeing each other. And that was all not even in person. That's just such an interesting thing that they never go that long. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Just beautiful. It's a beautiful friendship. And they, they made a TV show out of it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> absolutely. Welcome. Come on in, have some tea, get that tea and go to sleep. If you're listening to this podcast to go to sleep, have yeah. some nice chamomile and then mm. drift off. But first I want to talk about this first challenge. Yeah. I, let me bring up something real quick. Sure. The intros for this episode mm -hmm. are the best. <laughs> Part of the reason why this is the best episode, in my opinion, of the season, the intros were really funny to me. You could see the guys actually reading off a piece of paper in this first one. Yeah. Uh, a little inside baseball here, the way those intros come about. Usually uh, some of the comedy producers like Casey, myself, will have to write those intros. We'll give 
them to the guys. The guys say these are terrible and then they will rewrite them mm -hmm. on that piece of paper. It is a part of the gig that we hate. Yep. None of the comedy producers like writing intros at all. Because we're bad at them. We're The guys have to change it every single time. Like you said, like we're bad at them. I've written like two successful, like they didn't change a thing intros. Like production hates us too because like they have to stop down and rewrite everything we write. So I'm sure Shay hates us for it. I mean, the intros don't bother me because I don't have to, I'll ask them like, okay, cool. It's time to do intro, guys. You want to look at the intro? They all say no. Mm -hmm. Because the guys tend to change stuff around mm -hmm. a lot. Like, you know, you guys are set with you, what we're going to do and, and, and all that good stuff for the day, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they come in and they change stuff majority of the time. So we used to do the intro in the beginning before we started shooting the bit, right, right. but they would change things. So then we have to do the intro all over again because right, yeah. the game would just change. So yep. now we do the intro at the end. So once we finish the bit, I'm like, all right, guys, you know, in the beginning, it's the not it. And at the end, it's all right, intro, you want to look at the intro now? And they all say no. Hmm. And then Sal's always the one that redoes the intro. Yeah, he has. He's, he's really good at it, though. Sal is super dope. He's like a genius with sentence structure and like words and like getting it yeah. out to be as clear as possible mm -hmm. to know what the audience is about to see it's a specific talent that like yeah. you need to be good at and like there's times i can articulate it well mm -hmm. and then times where i just think i even overcomplicated it because i'm trying to explain this thing yeah and salkin has a finesse to do it effortlessly and also murray is really good at grammar mm -hmm. and he's good at mm. all of that stuff which i i write all the time that's why i have editors <laughs> like there's like people that check my grammar because it's always wrong though the participles are messed up the tenses of the verbs and stuff and he's like so on top of it with all of that stuff and he's good at like writing copy like kind of thinking like as a development exec mm. he's good at like coming mm. up with like the buzzwords and stuff like that so yeah the guys are really keyed into that aspect of it but Shay, like that's a great point like i don't think a lot of fans know that we actually filmed the intros like you said at the end of the day in case the bit changes at all and for an example of that like let's say like in this first bit right it's mm -hmm. uh it's tournament style yes. where yeah. it's like a, a turn and then another turn and then the winners of those two compete we call that tournament style so if the day they were filming it they decided to do it just two different turns and then they switch it to tournament style like you you know, because they're like, this is so much fun. Let's keep going. Then that intro would have to change. So why not just wait till the end in case, or, or in case if they thought it was going to be tournament style and they only did two turns, you know, mm -hmm. based on like, if we have the right amount of people, quote unquote marks to come through. So that's a little behind the scenes that you get for listening to the podcast. Sip your tea. Yeah. With the second, not to jump ahead, but the second game changed like that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was complete. It was going to be, I mean, it was going to be different in general. We were going to do a whole different thing that day. Mm -hmm. And on the fly, we came up with this. And, and then also we got the intro way later because when Joe was around. And then the, yeah. um, I want to say it was, am I looking at the right bit where, yeah, yeah. Murr had to read his own uh -huh. note. And then in the beginning, they were supposed to read each other's. Yeah, on the fly, they were like, how funny is that? It wasn't thought out that way. So you're kind of throwing yourself under the bus in this fun. I love it. You didn't know it was going to happen. It, that's that's what I love about like the guys. Like they're just like up for anything. Like it's it's the spirit of the show in general. Yeah. Just to be like, we're going to we're gonna flip the script on you. Exactly. It's like, to me, again, it's like part of the reason why I love this episode so much. We get like a little bit of everything that you love about Impractical jokers in this episode that like it's a game with rules but the guys are in charge of the rules and then like as long as they agree to them they can change them up and i love that they're just throwing each other under the bus in that way because how many times have we seen them throughout the years write something ridiculous for the other guys to read and now it's like you know what you're gonna read your own stuff and see like you want to throw me under the bus that way let's do it so yeah I, I love this episode even this other one the first one like it's that right where they wrote each other's for the reverse taste test right so good they wrote each other's thing but like what i love about this 
is that the moderator, who's usually someone like you, James, or like mm -hmm. one of the comedy producers or whoever, instead we're putting that mark in that role of power, you know, yeah. and then they get to decide like which one's going to move on. This was exciting. This one was really, I, I love tournament style challenges. I do too. And what you're saying there makes so much sense because yeah, we're trying to think about different ways to like give the mark a different experience or like different power dynamics between the guys and the mark. So we're like, mm -hmm. usually sometimes the guys are on like even footing with the mark mm -hmm. where it's like on the moderator and the guys and the marks are all in the focus group. A lot of times the guys are, Hey, here's a presentation we made and we hire marks to be in the focus group. Yeah. This time it's like, well, why don't we just hire a mark to lead the focus group? Which sometimes those people are actually hired to do that sort of yeah, thing. Exactly. And so now they have the authority over the guys. Mm -hmm. It kind of tweaks that power dynamic in a really fun way. Like the, the one that this bit is closest to is I, I think weakest link, which is yes. that one where one of us is the moderator, the guys write it for each other. And then there's other people in the room. In the room. And like, that's like the episode where it's like, um, what's like your perfect city? And yeah. like Joe <laughs> said, like it would have like a, like a heaping pile of pasta in the middle of the city yep. to attract new people, all that stuff. But yeah, so this is a little bit of a twist on this and way more COVID friendly. We filmed this during COVID. You've got two of the jokers who get tested every day, <laughs> basically. And then a mark, just one mark is all you need across the, the table, with yeah. them, across the table. And you got Jay Miller in this, you, you know, which is nice. He doesn't Love appear at, like in this kind of role too much. Like you always see him in the background of, of challenges. You do. It's nice that he gets to be the one who's like, and I, I don't know who thought the idea of the holding up the Polaroids. Like I didn't know that that was part of it until I watched it for this episode. I did not know. So holding up the two Polaroids and having their names on it is such a fun visual way of showing like, you know, which one is it? So they know exactly the name and what they look like. It's such a little tweak that I'm like, I love TV. I yeah. love when people think of these ideas. Yeah, I think it was Sal. Oh. It's either Th Sal or Joe's. I'm not positive, but it was genius. Like it, how funny would it be if Jay comes up and you're actually holding up photos of them and you have to yeah. pick which one. And Polaroid's exactly what it should be because it's like, it, it, you know, it's what they're wearing at the moment. It seems mm -hmm. contrived if it's like, here are headshots of these two guys. Like why, why are there headshots for a focus group? Yeah. And, and Jay does a great job all the time on the show. And it's like, yeah, he's really, really funny guy. If you ever get a chance to check him out, like Jay Miller uh, at mid evenings is his like Twitter handle and stuff, but a hilarious guy and a great producer on our show. I love seeing him in this role. And that first mark really psyched me out. I thought there was no way that Murray was losing in that first one. I agree. That was such a fun little uh, fake. Yeah, the fake out is exactly how it, you should describe it. That's good. It was really good. That first mark also, I don't know if you guys felt this way, kind of reminded me of like, he's like Fred Armisen's cousin or something like that. <laughs> I was getting Fred Armisen vibes from that dude. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, he was great. Rick was his name. He was really good. Like I, I liked, uh, he's definitely the mark of the episode for me. Oh. It was good because he invited the the strange, like, um, you know, answers, but also question them. He was like, what does that mean? Like, wait, explain that. He was really good at like putting them on the, he almost felt like how we would do it as moderators. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I, I've got a mark of the episode coming up a little bit later. Oh, okay. Rick did not win it for me. I think I know who you're going to say. And I think we're, I think we agree. Okay. Excited. So yeah, there's, there, there's some fun. I mean, obviously this is like filled with great lines. I, you know, some of my favorites are like Don cream and brain pill. <laughs> I just like the phrase, butt hurt. I'm happy that got back in there. Yeah. I wrote that down as like a, took a note, butt hurt tongue without scars. Yeah. This is like, there's so many, like, this is one that you can make, you can fill up a t-shirt with these quotes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Jewish one where they cut the penis. Such a good one there from Gatto, or I guess from Sal that 
he made Gattel said? Yeah, it's oh, yeah. hard to track. Who do you give credit for on that? I give it to the guy who said it. Yeah. And there's also that, that uh, power bar KY and Toblerone. Like, <laughs> I love when, they, like, and they call it out, the order of it's great. Like, you know what I mean? You almost try to like stick it in the middle. So as if like they didn't hear it, but it's, you, how can you not hear KY? Yeah. Technically, you're not supposed to write jokes that way. Like if you're right. really trying to write jokes, like you want to write them with the punch at the end. So yeah. for all you like aspiring standups out there, have your punch at the end. But for our show, mm-hmm. it's because of the way it is you you like to like have those things the guys run past and just make it awkward and weird and have the mark go wait hold on one second and you could always be like yeah like yo the toblerone is what's confusing you right like no you just said ky i'll tell you a funny story about that specifically and and how it could be worked so effectively so me and joe ambergio went to high school at monsignor farrell high school the same high school as the guys but different Mm -hmm. you know we're we're a bit younger and there was a television studio that i was like the anchor for and so we would always try to get my friends on so we said that joe was part of the diving team at Farrell. So we had him come on and I was like, so what dives do you do? And uh, he knew that we, this question was going to be asked. And his answer was, you know, I do the, uh, the, the, the front flip, the back flip, you know, uh, a double somersault, the muff dive, and of course the belly flop. <laughs> and everyone in school laughed and the teachers were like, oh, it must've been because of belly flop, but he snuck muff dive in there, you know? <laughs> and he said it to our entire Catholic school. And then he said he was like leaving and a teacher was just like, Mr. Ambergio, belly <laughs> flop. Like she repeated belly flop, probably because the class like laughed and they just assumed it was the last one, which is like a silly dive, a belly flop, you know? But he snuck in this like crass joke. I know that's why he's here. That's why he's uh, working on that's the show. That's great. That, actually, Casey, that brings up a mailbag question that I've got for you <gasps> great. from a fan. All right. Nate Gunderson asks, great name. in a recent episode with a PowerPoint presentation, they blurred out the word shit, mm. but didn't bleep it out when it was spoken. Mm. What sense does that make? Who decides what's okay and what's not? Can you shed any light on that? There's certain words like, all right, so like also things change. So like the middle finger no longer is blurred. Right. Like we can show middle fingers now. I'm not sure if that's across all, all platforms, but the like on True TV when it airs, at least you could see some middle fingers now. I don't think retroactively we're going back and unblurring middle fingers, but I think some of the roles have changed. And I think, and you might've said this, James, like shit, if you use it as like poop, it's bad. Right. But like in terms of like, you know, like, uh, like, oh shit, it's okay. Yeah, I forget. Exactly. And it's weird. The FCC, Standards and practices. The yeah. The S&P or whatever. Yeah. Like they, they have to like watch the context, right? you know? So I think if you say like bullshit, although bullshit derives from the, the poop of bulls, no? <laughs> yeah. It's more like if, I, I guess like, I don't know who is the one that sits there in a room and is like, I'm taking a shit, gets a bleep, but you're like, what's with this shit? Doesn't. Uh, Either one actually is, I, I think both of those should be fine. Shit should be fine no matter what. Uh, my grandma was early on this. She always said shit wasn't a curse, which got me into trouble in middle school, but uh, <laughs> she she was big on that. So she was ahead of the curve there. It's really funny nowadays, like to really think about curses. There's so many words that do have meaning, like, you know, problematic words. Yeah. And sometimes those are almost like, oh, don't worry about it. But like a word like shit is nothing. Yeah. Like it's in the grand scheme, it's absolutely nothing. It's like we've given power to this stupid bullshit word. <laughs> and I have zero idea why it has to be blurred, mm-hmm. uh, but you can say it. The only thing, the unfortunate explanation is is just because. Like there's no good explanation for it. Mm. For whatever reason, writing it and reading it is worse than hearing it. I say, you know, I say free the nipple is basically what, how I feel about shit. Well, yeah, here's a, a quick little aside. Uh, the C word, mm-hmm. you're allowed to say that. 
on cable now. You weren't able to for a while. Oh, really? Only in London. I think in in, in the UK, <laughs> that, that's, 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 that's as common as tea. No, but uh, Inside Amy Schumer fought for that to get it on because it's like, well, you can say mm. dick. So why can't we say the C word? I'm not even, I don't like I, saying I the C word. So it's like, it does feel harsh, but it was like a good point for them. And they fought for it and they were able to get it unbleeped on the air. They're like, what, like, where's the equality there? And they were able to get it done. I agree. Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. But yeah, and diving back in uh, to muff the diving, challenge. Muff diving, muff back, diving in. back into the challenge. I'm <laughs> sorry. Thank you for correcting me, Casey. And thank you, Nate, for that question. I, I love it. And again, we just had Gatto on the podcast for the past couple of weeks. He was generous enough to, to join uh, during that. And I did say during it, me and Joe kind of think the same way a lot. Mm. A great example. I, I guess maybe Sal wrote this, but Joe delivered it is when he starts railing on the Northern Italians yes. is a thing that makes me laugh all the time. Uh, we joke <laughs> about it. Uh, again, the guys are all somewhat Italian, I think, like half Italian or whatever. And it's just like to be so prideful of being a Southern Italian and just rip on these Northern fat cats <laughs> is a thing that makes me laugh to no end. And Joe yeah. delivered it so funny here, uh, ripping on those, uh, again, those Northern Italians whose fingers are like spiders in the pockets of the working class, Calabres, Sicilians, <laughs> And I love it. Trying to really, really trying to start a civil war in Italy. <laughs> just, oh, it's already brewing. <laughs> Those Northerners just take, take, take. It's so what is what this? You know, that's that's when we talk about like the specificity in comedy, and it's like what a thing, what a hill to die yeah, on. Absolutely. I will say earlier you said that the the Jewish one cut the penis. That you you, you attributed <laughs> that to Sal, but that was actually Q. That was during the Q turn. Oh, okay. the Q verse Joe turn, and then the last turn was Sal verse. Yes, Joe and okay. and Sal took it home. I'm surprised because Joe did that thing in the one before where he just started with like, I have a marketing background and you could tell the woman was like, he had a marketing background. So keep him <laughs> like, that's all she heard. Cause all the rest of it was nonsense. But the only thing that she was like, okay, between these two, you know, clowns. Yeah. So it's almost yeah. good to like stack the deck by throwing in like little claims to fame, Yeah, you know, but that's why I'm surprised he lost in the end. You know, Sal takes it home really good. You know? Yeah, I agree. You're right. It was great. Uh, I, I was surprised to see a rare Sal victory. Brian Quinn said it best right there. And it's funny, like, that is real. The guys, like, again, they're all in the show all the time. Sal and Murr kind of have more punishments. And that's why it's like Sal kind of loses a lot. Like, it's easy to make him lose. And so that's like a real thing. Like, when Q said it, that he really felt that way. Same thing, too. You get to see them when they're talking about like Murr and Q in the back. And like, we're losers, but we're not working anymore today. <laughs> like, that's true. It's like you get to kind of relax. You're in the yeah. BTS. All you're doing then is laughing and throwing your friends under the bus. And, you know, the whole thing's a competition, as we've talked in the, mm -hmm. in the past. But it's never more of a competition when they go head to head. For for the game sudden death debate, you know when yeah. it's like Jesus or Batman. Mm -hmm. Joe is so competitive. Joe wants to win those so bad. Like just a little behind the scenes. Like anytime it's like a tournament style thing, or if it's like you know put pocketing. Uh -huh. Joe's playing for keeps. Yeah, like more than any of the guys. But you know, also like in a don't break challenge, I think Joe is like, I can't lose don't break. And so we had one remember where Cute gets the guy to do the somersaults, and mm -hmm. Joe brings out his parents, and it ended in a stalemate. Like they both won. That's just because like Q and Joe were playing for keepsies. Yeah, absolutely. Case, you know what I just learned? What you, when you brought up sudden death debate? Mm -hmm. You know that guy Darius. That was a mark. He was the mark with, uh, I think it was Murr. Was it the like how I lost my virginity one? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that and, one. And Murr's like, well, let me tell you this. And the guy was immediately like, oh, you can't start with that. You know, like he, he is like very outspoken. How do you remember all of these? Yeah, that's impressive. I wouldn't have remembered his name, but I do. I, I just the way you spoke of him, I kind of remembered he was really good. And Sal was like, I love this guy. Yeah. Did you know he's a director? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like uh, apparently he wrote like uh, or directed some like big like horror films. Recently. I just learned it and the names of the films are escaping me. But like he's got like his own hmm. career and stuff on his own. I think I'll have to find them exactly. And I'll, I'll... Darius Holbert? Maybe. No, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Sorry. I just typed in Darius Horror Director and that came up. So I, I'm not right. <laughs> well, you know, anyway, everyone find him. Find the find clip. Him. Find out Darius. He's he's the marketing episode. Do our searching for Do us. For, I, I, I totally <laughs> forgot about it. It was Pete uh, McPartland mentioned that offhand the other day in a meeting. I just like, It was like a little fact that I never knew. I love that. Yeah. Crazy. That's pretty fun. So yeah, and that wraps it up, I think, for reverse taste test. Very fun bit. In case I do want to give one shout out to Gatto. He did a real subtle thing in that episode. That was great. When he's talking about how that uh, sports drink would have saved his marriage, mm -hmm. he's hiding his wedding ring under the table the whole time <laughs> so that the mark doesn't call out that he's like still married wow. or anything like that. Real subtle. But a nice play. His brain is going at all times in all different directions. He could multitask. Yeah. He, he's thinking of the edit. He's thinking of the guy. He's He plays for keeps. I've said it before. I'll say it, I think, a third or fourth time. He plays for keeps. That's right. So much so, he doesn't even show up for the next bit. So he's gone. We talked That's about true. it a little bit. He's gone an apology note. But this one was great. I, I, I love that the guys had to read their own during this. And the, I mean, the first iteration of it where Murray is really thrown under the bus and then those people know the guy they're talking about. So I felt like the entire time they knew Murr was like up to something or was BSing them because they're like, we know that guy, but you're saying doesn't really sound true. Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, this whole note wasn't ready to go. It kind of had to admit that his wasn't that great, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty solid stuff. It's a really fun game for that specific thing too. Like it worked out so well yeah. that they did that switcheroo. For Murr's turn, I have a question. Mm -hmm. In case you were there, right? Yeah. Did we actually, like, was the guy's real name Pete? I, I forget. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. I was like, how do we, like, how did the dude, like, well, that, his name's not Pete. You know, like, how do we... Did we, did we get the guy's name? That's a good question. I know sometimes we usually do. Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I don't think so. I think that was like, it just happened. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure because we didn't, we actually intentionally didn't want to approach anyone to like, you know, for the realism, mm -hmm. you know, and we didn't want to mess with that too much. Yeah. And in fact, like there was probably a time that Murr waited online or was there and then got spotted and had to go to a different place, you know? Yeah. Or just wait for things to, to change a little bit. The way I took it was that his name wasn't Pete. Like it was just Pete and the note that he wrote. And then he just called the guy Pete. The people there are like, that guy's name's not Pete, like in their minds. But then what made sense to me was like, because he switched the kids at birth, mm -hmm. maybe he truly was Pete. Mm. But then when he got switched, he had a different name. Uh, but that was just, again, I, I wasn't there that day. I don't know. With the character breakdown. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was like all of my, like putting it together from the couch. Yeah. I don't remember. I think I was like talking to production and making sure like everything was written up because I think the guys had like, they'd all sat down with their computers and typed it and then mm -hmm. emailed it to me. And then I brought it to art and art wrote it out so that it was easy to read, like legible because everyone's got chicken scratch. Yeah. So I think I was, I, I might've been m making sure every letter was like written, no typos, you know, no misspellings, yeah. like easy to read. That's like a part of our job sometimes is to like, just facilitate that stuff yeah. and to make sure it gets all good to go. Yeah. That was a fun day. We almost did a punishment that day too. We, we had an idea for a punishment to, to film that day. Like I think Sal had an idea. I, I don't want to say it yet because who knows, maybe we'll go back. 
back. But that sometimes happens where like someone's like, this is a great environment for this. Let's do that thing. And then uh, I think since Joe couldn't make it. Right. I also love that. Did you see the freeze frame of like when it was challenge two? This doesn't happen much. Basically, if you catch it yeah. as they did the intro and Joe was like, and by the way, like uh, this, we filmed this a long time ago and I couldn't be there that day. And it goes <laughs> to the thing, you know how it's like the, it's like the four photos and they were like still frame. It's like a, what well, they take a frame from each of the guys turns. The one of Joe is, I wonder if I could share. Yeah, I'll share my screen so you guys can see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a silhouette of Joe with his belly with out his and it's like spikes up. So it's a good little Easter egg. Is that like Joe's like Alfred Hitchcock presents moment? It, it really looks like that. It's really, yeah, it's funny. I never noticed that. That's <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a pretty good one. It's a Easter egg for you guys. That is great. And uh, I got a text back from McPartland, by the way. Okay. Darius Martyr. Whoa. He directed the movie uh, Sound of Metal. I just watched that. Yeah, that's the wow. mark from the episode that we were talking about. So, Good yeah. name if it's for horror movies. Martyr? Yeah. Darius Martyr? <laughs> yeah, you just go with murder and change one letter. No, or he should also make like like religious movies too. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, that what a martyr. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that was him. Oh, that's cool. That's so fun. Our, look at our Marks growing up and doing so good. <laughs> we got him his big break. That's definitely what got him that horror gig. Oh, it is. It's M-A-R, not martyr. Martyr, M-A-R-D-E-R. But that yeah, is martyr, very close. What'd to- I say? Martyr. Martyr. What I say? I was thinking like, mar- like you know, a martyr, like a one, like yeah. he di- like died for sins. Exactly. Martyr. <laughs> martyr. Yeah. Martyr. Martyr. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It is so close to murder. Yeah. Did you just think it was he does horror? Because Sound of Metal is not horror. Yeah. Is it because his name is Darius Martyr? <laughs> oh, it's not a horror movie. <laughs> no. Oh, what is it? It's a movie about losing your hearing. Wait, you really did watch the movie? Yeah. Yeah. I watched the movie. It's great. Oh. I highly recommend it. All right. It's definitely not a horror at all, but it deals with in a sort of an intense way, like what it's like losing your hearing. It's about this guy who like has been playing in a metal band for a long time and this hearing starts to go and it's about dealing with it. And um, yeah, it's cool. It'll probably win an award. Oh, interesting. Maybe Pete was just scared of it. I think that's why. Maybe Pete thought it was a horror and he got really scared and he called me up and he was, had trouble sleeping and I you know, played the podcast for him. And he was eventually able to get to bed. So I think that's why <laughs> I thought it was a horror movie. I'm not wrong. Can't be me. I'll send him some chamomile. Yes. Yeah, but this, yeah, this was a fun challenge. I, I think it would be interesting to see what Joe would have done, but uh, you know, you never know these things. I think it's pretty cool. And I could see us doing this one again some point in the future. And I w- if we do it again, I would love for them to twist it back on themselves again. Right. If they make Joe go first or something, they're like, you know what? Do your own. It just happened that they were like, we're going to give Murr this thing. And then it was just kind of, it just, that's, I love how the things just like kind of snowball from there, you know? You can tell. I mean, speaking of butthurt from the first challenge, you could tell he was kind of like at the end of that. It's like, fine, now you guys go. Yeah. And he made them do it. I love it. I love that they just went along with it. It was really, really fun. Yeah. I take some responsibility because I think I was there being like, this is Murr's. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, that's really good. Good job, Case. Uh, and also talking about Mark of the Episode, yes. my Mark of the Episode was the guy Sal was talking to. Great. That's a good one. That's a really good one. He was my guy because I just love that Sal, when he's like, do you want me to read again? He's like, you can read it again, but I have heard it. It was <laughs> my favorite line. Like, he's just like, I don't want to hear any more of your bullshit. Uh, he's like, you can. I- I'm gracious, but no. Yeah. I lo- at one point, he had, Sal like has to like hold the paper up because he like is laughing in his face from that line that he said that. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. Was that your mark too, Shay? That was my mark. Mm. All right. That was my mark. I like mine more so because of the um pink hat, but- yep. <laughs> <laughs> Two good reasons. Uh, so that guy, you're our mark of the episode uh, with honorable mention, Fred Armisen's cousin, Rick. I think if we're, if we're, but if we're going crew member of the episode, we're going to have to give it to Sharon. Yes. Oh yeah. In this next bit. 
all-timer punishment. Great job, Sharon. It's a you know universally great uh, punishment. I mean, it's yeah, pun always intended. Yep, and the pun is intended in the pun, but it's so fun. Like I had so much fun watching this. I was so giddy, and the first cut I saw was like a like a long one, you know, and it's still just as good. But like it's, I love sometimes you get to watch a rough cut, and this was one that I really wanted to see the rough cut of because yeah. I just wanted to see the whole experience. I, I just love seeing the thing go upside down, and then like it is uh, seamless once you're like looking on the shot and all the things that happened, like where stuff just all out of nowhere just fell from the floor up, like leaving all that stuff in is so funny. It's so good. I mean, shout out to Will Thaxton for tackling this ridiculous punishment uh, with his team and creating this device. Like honestly, when, all right, a little backstory on this whole punishment, kicking this around uh, with the guys, there was a thing, I think Zaluga actually sent out, John Zaluga, one of the comedy producers, sent out a clip from Saturday Night Live from like the 70s or 80s when Penn and Teller do a bit. And there's this old Penn and Teller bit. I'll, I'll tweet it out after this podcast uh, if you, you want to check it out. But you could see it and it just looks like they're sitting at a desk and it's not revealed until the end of their magic tricks and stuff that they're actually actually upside down the entire time. And so then we started kicking that around with the guys and talking about all these ideas. And we were like, well, why don't we send one, you know, send one of the guys to space, quote unquote, and we'll just do this trick of, you know, a little trick photography, basically. And uh, that's kind of where the inspiration for this idea was. And there's other moments too, where there was like a little bit of Charlie Chaplin inspiration from his movie, The Great Dictator. Mm -hmm. He does a bit where he's got a canteen and then the water flies up and hits him in the face. And that's inspired the gallon of milk that was hitting Murr in the face. It was like, all right, well, how can we get bigger than a canteen? We'll just have this whole jug of milk and the milk will come up and hit him in the face. And it was, it was great. It just looks so good. Like when the toothpaste is coming out upside down, you know, Amazing. and it's just going up like it, it's so, and the kids reactions are like, you know, kind of make it because they're like, they're both, they're amazed. They think someone's in space and they're like, that's what it's like. Uh, it's just such, it's so fun. I almost it's wanted really him to good. sell some. Um, try to push uh, pet cremation and grandparent divorce since I saw him like, you know, him talking to kids again. <laughs> yeah. Definitely was thinking that while watching it. And then the cup goes like, you know what I mean? <laughs> he just like, let's go. And it goes the wrong way. It's so good. Yeah. When the cup just drops straight down, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> goes, like completely breaking. I think it was this spaghetti in his arms, yeah. him with the floating arms trying to like acting like everything was floating in. I know. Yeah. He, that I love that is Shay. You nailed it. Like I love that he did that because he, he's such like an, a performer, you know, like he wants to show these kids that like, he doesn't want to lie to kids. So he wants them to believe that he's like in space. Cause he yeah. probably like, likes the idea of the kids looking at him thinking <laughs> he's an astronaut. Yeah. He's, he makes the most sense for this punishment too. He's probably got the closest to like an astronaut look. You know? He does. Well, the nice thing about him is that Murr's bald. And so his yeah. hair stays consistent the entire time when he flips Upside down and right side up. So it's like if it was Q, for example, his hair would be, yeah, his hair would be floating up half the time and then settled the other half of the time. So you get a more consistent look with Murr for Mm. this bit. So that does work. And you're right. He does like have more of the fit look than the rest of the guys. One point of disappointment, I will say on this punishment, no one will ever know from watching it. We actually originally wanted to do this with a real astronaut in outer space 
and NASA was on board. Uh, Chris Cassidy yeah. is a big fan of the show. He's a real astronaut, was on the ISS, and we just we couldn't get it done in time. Like the production window and the the window for him. You know, obviously, he's got a lot of work to do while he was up there, but he was going to be the moderator, like Sharon was, like talking to kids from space. Oh, no, actually, I think Sharon was still going to moderate. He was going to be on one wing of the spacecraft, right? And Q was going to be on the other wing, quote unquote. And so it was going to be a little bit of like Chris is like, here's how I brush my teeth. And then Q would be like, and here's how I brush my teeth. Yeah. And so it'd be like a little bit of a tit for tat in that way. I, I mean, it doesn't need it. And I think like we got more funny stuff in the cut, like happening to Murr. But yeah. I, I mean, just the, just for like the, how impressive it would be to get a real astronaut. Exactly. It's like when we got like Kayla, who's yep. like a, you know, a, a champion jujitsu artist to throw Murr through tables. It's like Kayla just gives us such like, I don't know, legitimacy. And I think having an astronaut, like what's more legitimate than that? Just the Definitely. gravity of having having that was just exactly just would have been out of this world, but mm, you know, we couldn't get that. And, but to what you're saying, case, I agree. I think honestly it would have been cool, but it probably would have cut out some jokes at the same time. True. Listen, only you guys know that. That's why you listen to the podcast. You get a little bit of behind the scenes. If you just watch the episode, perfect. It's like a great punishment. Uh, and who knows, maybe we'll figure out how to use uh, the astronaut somewhere else on the show. It, it, it is just such a fun one. And I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. It's fun. It's like, it's timeless. It's, classic it's like it's such a i i also just love when the when the thing's spinning that you could kind it's like shaking a little bit like murr's kind of shaking but it doesn't seem kudos to will thaxton and, and and everybody who made this happen like like our entire art department and the people who built it yes are there more people like who like who aren't aren't even like on our crew that helped yeah. with this? And thanks for reminding me, Case. What I wanted to get to is originally when we were talking about this with Will, we're like, yeah, it could just be like one of those inversion tables. So you like flip them upside down and flip them right back up. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, just have like the static background like attached to the table. And Will was like, no, I don't see it like that. He's like, <laughs> I think I want to build a rig that has to turn. And so we filmed at this place called Prop and Spoon, uh, which is like a, uh, Shay, you've been there a bunch. What would you call it? Like yeah. a prop house, it's, right? It's a, yeah, it's a prop house. They kind of build everything. They make everything. So from right. action figures to hmm. the, the the wheel, if you want to call it. Yeah. Spaceship wheel or, or whatever. I tell they did a lot of like music videos too, that same exact style. Like mm -hmm. if you if you look at um I think there's an like NSYNC one. There, yeah, Jamiroquai. Well, no, Jamiroquai is like I'm definitely thinking of. There's a there's an in sync one where the room is spinning around. Okay, can you do like a green screen? There's one like that too for a uh, Sugar Ray did one. Yeah, Sugar Ray. That's it. The fly video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to fly. So the camera's locked to the to the actual wheel to or yeah, to the right. room, and the room tilts, and the camera is locked with it. So the whole thing tilts, and then when you edit it, you have the room always in the same spot because the camera doesn't move, but the person seems like they're walking on they're the walking on the. Around. Yeah, it's genius. I mean, it's. It's brilliant. It's it's so simple too. There's a lot of videos that did that. Um, I definitely think there's like an InSync one too. Shout out. We could talk to Fatone and see if he remembers. But yeah, it's a really cool little camera trick. And I think again, like kudos to to Will and everyone at Prop and Spoon for figuring it out because it looks great. And you can see Sal's reaction. Uh I mean, you can see all the guys' reaction, but Sal really it blows his mind when he's watching the BTS screen, which he sees every day of his life for the most part, and he's seeing Murray inverted on one screen and then not inverted in the other. And just like watching that, it, it, it was like crazy to see. It's fun to be able to watch the BTS screen. Have we shown that on TV before to like see what the guys see? Basically it's like those four panels where you get to I see all the different so. cat. Mm. 
Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, so you may it may have snuck out there once or twice, or maybe the guys have even like when the guys are like Sal falls on the floor a lot, and the camera will go over. Yeah, sometimes it'll go. Or maybe when they're running back into BTS, I don't know. So it's like a four panel shot, and you really see what our cameramen are shooting, like all four things at once. And so you're seeing some mark reactions. You're seeing one angle of the Joker. You're seeing another angle of the Joker. It just makes a composite of things. And like, that's why you'll see the guys kind of pointing at the screen sometimes. That's why they're pointing. Because it'd be like, look at this quadrant, basically, and like see this reaction, stuff like that. So yeah, it's a, it was just fun to watch him react and have his mind kind of blown in that way as he's watching this cool camera trick play out. Yeah, that's so cool. It, it was awesome. I, I, I can't say enough about this punishment. There was one thing that I heard, and I'll double check on this. I think one of the kids in the punishment is on Sesame Street sometimes. Mm. So one of the kids is actually, I heard on Sesame Street sometimes. And so the way that this works is like, again, this is, we obviously filmed this one during COVID. In normal times, what we wanted, would want to do is like get a classroom, just be like, hey, can we do this with the classroom? Can we get Sharon in there with the kids and we'll bring up the screen, right? Well, because we have to do everything uh, virtually, I think we had to reach out to some students. We were able to get some students, but then because we're actually filming during school days, we couldn't get a lot of students. So we had to get one or Murray doesn't know this. He thinks they're all just little kids, but a couple (laughs) of the kids were actors uh, and like they were brought in to watch. They didn't know what they're watching, but they basically got hired to come in and uh, watch. So that's how that happened. So again, to Murray, he thinks he's talking to all like, you know, some Jersey, second grade, fourth grade, whatever it was, classroom. And it turns out it's actually some kids from a class and then some kids uh, were actually actors that got brought in. So just want to clear that up uh, as to why that is the case. To to say they're actors too, they just got paid. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right. So before we go, I want to take one more question uh, that we got on Twitter. And if you have a question, please hit up any of us um, at Casey Jost, at McJames McCarthy, at Shea Starchild, one of those, something like that, something like S H A S T A R C H I L D C H A C H A S T A R C I C H I L D. Yeah, find something. us. Yeah, you'll you'll find us. Uh, anyway, so the question that we got is: Did the job applicants from uh, they wrote last episode, get paid. Um, now this was when, you know, we had all our crew members in different rooms. And at one point Cole is like eating paper and Dan cast is a ghost. Yeah. The office at his bit. Yeah. 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 So the question is sort of about like, so those people came, you think that it's, they're there for like the job application. And then at Mm -hmm. the end, we're going to be like, Hey, it's actually just impractical jokers. Sorry. Yeah. You know, but it's not, we were not as harsh as that. It wasn't, it wasn't the case. Do you want to enlighten now, James? Yeah, basically the way we, we always want to deliver on whatever people think they're getting in terms of money. (laughs) So like, that job may have been presented as, can you work two days for X amount of money? They, they just show up basically to be on Impractical Jokers, and then we still give them X amount of money. They're getting what they thought they would be getting. It wasn't like they were going to become like the new night watchman at this place or work like every day at this company. Right. It's they're going to get hired to work a gig for a set amount of time, whether it's one day or two days, or even if we say it's like a week or whatever. Two days is smart because what, what, when you get there is like, hey, we're going to give you the money for two days, but it's really just one day. <laughs> and all you have, you know, like all 
you all you did was done already. Right. And it's like, do you want to stick around? Exactly. And the guys are really smart about this. And since the beginning, the guys were like, we want, we've always wanted to do a challenge where like we have actors audition uh-huh. and we always felt like, oh, you can't because they're coming out to audition. You're saying basically that at the end, like, hey, this was fake. There's no actual role. And we're going to put you on TV in a capacity that you probably wouldn't want because you're an actor. Right. And it's so it's kind of a lose lose for everyone. It doesn't seem as nice. So we've never done something like that. We only would do like if, if there is an actor, it's because like they're in on it mm-hmm. and we use them in some other capacity or something like this, where it's like we do it the other way around where the guys are applying for a job position. Right. Uh-huh. Or we did that where like they they're audition they're they're um, auditioning, they're interviewing for a job. And so this is this is a good one because you're like, imagine you go, you're supposed to be there for two days to get paid. Then you're just like, oh, that's it. I'm done. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I got paid Great. for two days. But that's a good question. And we think about these things. I'm glad that someone asked that. Right. And so, yeah, the, the marks all end up getting made whole in the end. Uh, I will say, though, Case, there is a couple ideas. Uh, there are a couple ideas, I should say. See, my grammar is terrible. I need Murray to <laughs> edit me. There are a couple ideas that we do have actors for coming up potentially later in season nine. We, the guys kind of figured out a way to do it. So maybe it's mm. a little bit of how to use them in an in- audition process, or maybe it's how to mm. skip an audition process mm. and, and get people used and maybe to embarrass the guys more than it is the marks and not to waste their time. And again, we want to make everyone whole in the end. We want them to get what they wanted when they show up, uh, whether it's X amount of money or, or no, that's it. So it's just X amount of money. It's just money. (laughs) And, and we bank in that it's going to be a lot of time so that they feel good. I mean, you know, that's, that's to me, time is, time is money. I've always said, yeah, that's the best part. Imagine if someone's like, Hey, this is going to be like an entire day and you get there and you do something for 20 minutes and they're like, you're done, baby. what a great feeling that is. And uh, sometimes they don't want to be on TV and they get paid anyway because we yeah, true. showed up for the focus group and then they're like, yeah, you can blur me if you want. We're like, cool, cool. Great. Yeah. We got to do another turn. Well, great question. Please hit us up uh, at Shay Starchild, uh, which I nailed this time. Very Casey good. Jost at Mick James McCarthy, or yep. you could even do hashtag Joker's podcast. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much. It's a fun one. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as James did. <laughs> Loved it. I love all you. Thanks for listening. And by now your tea's probably cold. Um, yeah. So heat it up and get out of here. Yeah. And goodbye. If you're asleep, goodbye. Don't want to wake you. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night, Shay. Good night, Shay. Shay. <laughs> Shay, you're sleeping. Don't wake her up, Case. Bye, guys. Good night. The official Impossible Joker Podcast.